Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Warning, this podcast contains paranormal, true crime, and conspiracy cases. The nature of these cases may be gory, unsettling, or vulgar. Please be advised. Yo, 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 and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes. Podcast. There was no enthusiasm. Podcast. There we go. Thank you. I was trying not to hurt ears. (laughs) I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. And this is episode 32. We're old now. 32. We say that every single episode. You say it and then I say, oh my God, we're so old. (laughs) I know, but like we are. Like this, this means that we've been recording for 32 weeks straight. I love that. (laughs) 32 weeks straight. And that's not including any bonus episodes. So we're probably, what, pushing 35 weeks straight. Yeah. Well, no. Guys, we're over half of a year. No, no, no. Not 35 weeks. Yeah. No, because we did those within the same weeks. It's 35 episodes, right? Okay. Well, whatever. 32 weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's like over half a year. Uh, It's intense. We're like serious now. No, like we're really serious. We're like a real deal pod. we're holding you guys. today i know you really wanted to hear our voices um we'll tell you a little bit more about the truth as to why we didn't get this episode out in our tfus at the end of the episode yeah so stay tuned for that stay tuned but before we get started go ahead if you don't already please 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 follow us on instagram at creeps and crimes podcast twitter creeps underscore crimes and on tiktok creeps and crimes Send in a creepy account because we're gonna be well we're sleeping on it but yeah we're hoping to release a creepy account sometime this month. Yes. Yeah. Within the next two weeks at least. Is that? We've had a few a stories yeah. sent in and we're like, we really want to tell them. So. Yeah. They're awesome stories. You guys want to hear these. So please send in yours. I mean, guys, it can be about anything. Literally at Creeps and Crimes Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, cool. And then also while we have you here, before we get too far, please leave us a rating and review. We're almost to 70 reviews and that is our goal right now. Short-term goals. Five stars only <laughs> no but really but don't, thanks don't also even waste your breath thanks so much guy. to the people that have left us some yeah, amazing reviews i know we so haven't bad. read them off in a little bit so i don't remember the last one that we read but i know victoria left us one i know cassidy sorry we had to take a quick break Whew, <laughs> we had right. an emergency but we're good now Wait, we're good now we're good <laughs> everything's good um but but thank you guys so much for leaving those reviews for us. It means so much to us, but specifically me because my self-worth is based off of those. <laughs> so thank you guys. I read them every insurance. single day. <laughs> um, birthday shout outs. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. We have a bunch. Um, McKenna. Wanna- McKenna. Happy birthday, McKenna. We love you, Keeney. Um, Happy birthday to my dad. Happy birthday, Bucky boy. And happy birthday to my little brother. Happy birthday, big, big old Marshall man. Marshman, buddy. Come on, buddy. And happy birthday to Luke. Happy birthday, Luke. Happy birthday. Nikki, you want to say happy birthday to Luke? 
Happy birthday. <laughs> and lastly, and my most favorite, happy birthday to my husband, Logan. He's 26. Wow. Wow. Oh, we boy. Have, we had a Star Wars party for him. We did. So we and celebrated a little early. We did um, May the 4th. So I, we could do a Star Wars May the 4th be with you party. And y'all, it was pretty if you, epic. If you know Taylor, then you know that it. we were in the movie Star Wars. You were in the movie. I had it playing on every TV in our house. I had the soundtrack <laughs> of the main theme song going throughout the entire house. I had, um, what are they called? Yoda Ritas. Yoda Ritas. You had cheese fighters. Yes, I had, um, what's they called? Thai cheese fighters. I don't know the real name. I had Leia's buns. They were cinnamon buns that were his birthday cake. Corn Even dogs. though he hates cinnamon. Uh, we had corn dog lightsabers, and you picked your side depending on the color of your um, – I did – I turned mustard blue. It was actually green, but it, it yeah. was blue in my mind. And <laughs> we had blue and red Takis that were also lightsabers. And then our another drink that we had – so we had the Yodoritas, and we had light sparklers, which was just colored champagne. I yeah. literally think I poisoned Chardonnay, everybody. Right? Or Prosecco. Prosecco, yeah. I poisoned everybody with food coloring. Yeah, she definitely did, but yeah. it was cool. Everybody shipped it was a good time. multiple colors that whole we week. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. And we played cards. We played bullshit. We played spoons. We played and Uno. it got intense. It got really intense. We played beer pong. Yeah. It was a great it was time. Fun. It was a good time. And then uh, we'll finish the rest of that story in our TFUs. <laughs> <laughs> so happy birthday, Logan. Happy birthday, everybody. Thanks, Thanks for the so support. Much. He's yeah. really one of our biggest. He is our biggest supporter. He just shares everything. He and downloads it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. And also stays quiet during we recording times. Oh, oh, oh. And happy birthday to my mother-in-law, Lisa. Um, we went to Chattanooga to see her this past weekend. And we had a great time. We just went to her favorite restaurants and ate appies and drank our favorite appies. drinks. Appies. Happy birthday, Lisa. I can't yeah. wait to fuck it up this summer with you, girl. <laughs> On the boat. On the boat. Me and Lisa. <laughs> and then, uh, guys, we also want to say happy Mother's Day. To all of our moms out there. All of our mamas, mamas, and extra mamas, and second mamas, and stepmamas. Yeah, we you love guys you. guys rock. You guys are the best. So, um, are you ready to get started, Miss Morgie? Um, what are you drinking? Oh, first? okay. I'm drinking 19 Crimes Red Blend, of course. Yum. Well. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a rhubarb wine from Mountain Valley Winery. Ooh, is that what you got when you went on your little wine tour? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Is yeah. that which, So, that one was your favorite, obviously. From this location. Yeah. I, I got, like, four bottles. Oh, yeah. She went to multiple locations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Had good. a good fun day. It's good. It's good. All right, let's get started. All right, if you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And let's get creepy. Okay, Morgan, what do you have for us today? Okay, I am flipping into the paranormal side, and I don't think you can get more haunted than the house that I'm going to talk about today. I'm so excited. It's famous, famous, and I'm sure you all know of it, and as soon as I say the location, you're you're going to know what I'm talking about. And it is the talk of the French Quarter in New Orleans. Oh, Today, my God. Today, I am talking about the La Lurie Mansion. Woo! That's how you say it, right? Exactly. That's how you say it, right? Before I like go through this whole I thing. Mean, La I don't Lurie. Know how to pronounce shit. La okay. Lurie. Sorry, Marley. I'm not French. <laughs> anyway, my sources are ghostcitytours.com, wikipedia.org, frenchquarterphantoms.com, history.com, nolaghost.com, and reddit.com. Of course, Reddit. We had to. So the beautiful mansion that sits on... 1140 Royal Street has some seriously ugly history. 
going all the way back to the late 1700s, early 1800s. The story starts when an Irish couple seeking a new way of life made the trek across sea to what was known as Spanish Louisiana at the time, or New Orleans. And my people at home that are saying New Orleans. It's wrong. It's wrong, and I said New Orleans before I came here. Are you kidding? I, I, yeah, everyone New Orleans. N- New Orleans. New Orleans. Nola. Nola. Anyway, this Irish couple had five children, one child being the infamous and the subject of today's story, Miss Marie Delphine McCarty, or once married, known as Marie Delphine LaLaurie. This family was prominent to society. Her uncle Esteban Miro was governor of the Spanish American provinces of Louisiana and Florida from 1785 to 1791. Her cousin Austin McCarty was mayor of New Orleans from 1850 to 1820, and her parents were the face of the European Creole community. For those not good on their history timeline, this is the heat of white households owning slaves. Um, Delphine was four years old when the Haitian Revolution erupted in 1791. This revolution led slaveholders in the Deep South and Caribbean very afraid of a slave rebellion. Another uncle of Delphine was murdered by his own slaves during a revolution that inspired three different uprisings, the Mina Conspiracy, the Point de Coupe Conspiracy, and the German Coast Uprisings. These uprisings led to like many slaveholders increasing their discipline to their own slaves and causing them to treat them more harshly out of fear of rebellion. So basically, they were already treating them shitty. And then after these uprisings, they were like, we're going to treat them even shittier. Yeah, because that makes so much sense. And Delphine was four, five, six years old. So she grew a hatred for this African-American community. So in the eyes of young Delphine LaLaurie, she felt like she had a vengeance to pull on this community. Watching for years the treatment her family gave their slaves made young Delphine a very troubled and full of hatred child. In June of 1800, at 13 years old, Delphine married Don Ramon de Lopez y Angulo, who was a high-ranking Spanish royal officer. Four years later, in 1804, Delphine's husband was appointed to the position of Consul General for Spain and was called to appear in Spain court. Nine months prior to departure, Delphine became pregnant with her first child. On the way to Madrid with her husband, Don Ramon suddenly and unexpectedly died in Havana. So that's husband number one, Gonzo. So he just unexpectedly died? Yes. Okay. On a boat to Madrid. Okay. A few days after his death, Delphine gave birth to their daughter, Marie Borgia Delphine Lopez y Angula de la Candelaria, or for or short, Burkita. Okay, okay. Hell of a name. Oh my God. Delphine and her child then returned to New Orleans. Four years later, in June of 1808, Delphine married her second husband, Jean Blanque, or Blanc. Jean was a banker, a merchant, a lawyer, and a legislator. A man of all trades, I guess. Delphine's husband purchased a house for the small family of three at 409 Royal Street in New Orleans, currently known as Villa Blanque. The family then grew from three to seven when over the course of eight years, Delphine gave birth to four more children. Fuck that. Right? (laughs) Marie-Louise Pauline, Louise Marie-Laurie, Marie-Louise Jean, and Jean-Pierre Pauline. Basically all the same names, just switched out okay (laughs) her then husband jean blanc died eight years after their marriage in 1816 Hmm. 
Eight years later, in June, once again, this is the third marriage that's happening in June. In June of 1825, Delphine married her third husband, Leonard Louis Nicholas LaLurie. All right, so we're here now. Yes, giving Delphine her known last name of LaLurie. There's no way to me that it's a coincidence that she married all three of her husbands in June. Literally, every single husband she got married in June. Like, Unless that was like, like a thing back then, that like you only get married in the month of June. I don't know. But to me, that's like, okay, I'm never getting married in June. All these motherfuckers keep dying. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's what I would think. So I don't know. Like To me, that seems like some witchy shit. She wasn't a witch, but like that's what it seems to me. Right. Some, or something. Like bad juju at least. Yeah. Anyway, Leonard LaLaurie was a doctor and he was much younger than his wife, Delphine. The marriage was rocky, and the two really weren't involved with each other. In 1831, Delphine bought property at 1140 Royal Street, which was put in her name and not her husband's, which mm. was, like, unheard of yeah, back that's then. Like not normal. All property belonged to men or the husbands. A year after purchase, Delphine had a two-story mansion built on the property with attached slave quarters. Her and her third husband and two of her daughters lived in the Lalaurie Mansion. And this couple, once again, it runs in her family. They were prominent figures in New Orleans society. Within a year of the mansion being built, Delphine petitioned to the court for a separation from bed and board of her husband, claiming that she was treated harshly. Both of her two daughters and a son confirmed that that or confirmed that she was treated harshly, but the separation never occurred. It was at the LaLaurie mansion that town folk realized Madame LaLaurie was a sadist serial killer so what, what happened what i know the story <laughs> once married to her third husband moving into the mansion delphine took control over the slaves that the family had over the course of four years there was 12 documented deaths at the royal street mansion including four enslaved children word began to get around about the treatment of lalaurie's slaves and what they endured at her mansion, but it was all very wishy-washy because really the police couldn't do anything about it. Right. Like they're, you know, high society class couple. And everybody's treating everybody like shit, obviously. Right. And honestly, do they even care? Like, how fucked up is that? Right. At one point, Delphine had chased a small enslaved child with a whip until the girl fell off the roof of her house and died. She tried to cover up the incident until the police found the, the child's body in a well. Because of this, Madame LaLaurie was fined for the murder of a child. Fined, guys. She was fined. No, don't worry. Hey, everybody, just a fine if you kill a child. Just 50 bucks. Don't worry Hand it, it in. Yeah. Really quick. Anyway. In and out. And the authorities forced the sale of all the enslaved people on her estate. So, Madame Delphine was like, or Madame Delphine was like, fuck no. You're not taking my, you're not taking my people. So she secretly arranges for her relatives and friends to buy her slaves. And they must be twisted because they did it. And she snuck these adults and children back into her house without authorities knowing. What? Where she ended up torturing them for years. That is so awful. So remember here that Delphine was not supposed to have any of the enslaved at her establishment. She wasn't allowed. Because, I mean, there was just so many rumors. She's killing them. And, and so nobody noticed that she had all these people back at her establishment? You're telling me that they didn't cut the yard she did in her high heels? Nope. Until a fire broke out. On April 10th, 1834, 
fire was set at the La Lorie mansion. The fire led to the discovery of a torture chamber in the attic of La Lorie's mansion. Oh my God. La Lorie. I don't like saying her name, but like also like it's kind of like catchy. Anyway, a torture chamber was Madame found. Madame Law. Madame Law. Madame Law. Madame Law. Men, women, and children were brutalized, guys. You you don't even want to know what the police found, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It's really, really um, awful. So trigger warning. Yeah. Yeah. Extreme trigger warning. Uh, when they first entered, a 70-year-old female cook was found chained up in the kitchen and was later to admit that she was actually the one who set the fire in attempt to escape the torture establishment. But Madame Delphine and her husband, who were still living there at the time, where they were too worried about getting their furniture out, that they weren't like, let me unchain our cook so she lives. Where the fire is literally at in the kitchen. Anyway, this woman led authorities up to the attic where they found seven people suspended up with spiked iron collars around their neck. Limbs were stretched and torn and overall more or less horribly mutilated. When this went public, a mob of citizens stormed the Lalaurie residence. And might I add that the couple still lived there after after the fire was there. They were still living there. And these motherfuckers were not in jail. Don't worry. It just gets more twisted from here on out. They tore the house apart with rage and disgust. And during the riot, Delphine and her husband fled by boat to Paris, where she then died about 50 years later. Well, thank God. I'm not done talking about the house, though. Her sadistic purpose was that she believed... The blood would tighten her skin and make her look young. Psycho. Some suggest there's no hard evidence on this, but it is. Uh, I, I don't know how else to argue it. And I think it's a very good um, conclusion as to what they were doing there. But some suggest that her and her doctor husband were performing these sick medical experiments. Gross. Some accounts reported that a caged woman had her limbs broken and set at unnatural angles as to resemble a crab. Like they were trying to recreate a human crab. Yet another woman whose limbs were removed and odd circular pieces of skin were removed in order for her to resemble a human caterpillar. Some slaves had pieces of their face missing or removed to resemble gargoyles. Literally sick, twisted shit. Just to be clear... From the beginning, when I'm super excited, you'll understand at the end of the story. <laughs> but up until this point, you're going to be like, not the like fuck? Taylor, you're fucking twisted. <laughs> you got like, so what excited the fuck? Like, this. how did this? I just, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what time I was just like don't, back then. I don't understand what in someone's head makes you think like, this is okay. And this involved children, too. These children were in cages. These children were suspended. I mean, screw the children at this point. These are human beings. That and there was there was also an account, again, no hard evidence, but also an account that um, years later, she had like buried people under the floorboards, but they were alive. Yes, there and was years tons later, and people, tons of like, bodies. Through years, people were hearing like these moans and like like screaming and chains rattling, and they finally lifted up the floorboards, and There's there were bodies there. Yes, and it like wasn't it like the entire kitchen and the hallway that led into the kitchen had bodies underneath it? Yes. The whole house. It is Like, she so, was sick. It she, is so twisted. She was sick. And, like, I, I was blaming her youth, but, like, you can't blame her youth. No. She's a... Sadist. Yeah. she. Well, more than that, she's just a terrible human being who deserves to rot in hell. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Or stuck in them between. 
where oh, she is. Might be worse. Where, wherever, wherever the worst part. Actually, no, because she's still fucking with people, and I'll get to that. So she better be. <laughs> just go to hell. Yeah. Just hey, go on down. Like to she hell, was, ma'am. she was literally a, a racist, sadist, serial killer. Yeah. She and a torturer who was so prominent in society that everyone just turned a blind eye. Hmm, I wonder who that sounds like. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I wonder what's going on right now. Hmm. Yeah, literally with children. Anyway. <laughs> okay, um, back. Ellen. That is the majority of the history of Lollary Mansion. I mean, there you guys can definitely look into this. There is so many accounts of what happened there that there's no hard evidence on it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so many different stories of what she did to these people or how they found them. Um one this thing's is, for sure is she's a piece of shit. One thing's for sure is this lady is insane. She's manic. Maniac. Absolutely. So the original mansion was destroyed by the fire, but it was rebuilt not even four years later. Great Since idea. then, the mansion served as a public school, a music conservatory, an apartment building, a refuge for young delinquents, a bar, a furniture store, and it is currently a luxury apartment building. You couldn't pay me a million dollars to live in this home and then refer to it as luxury. I would be like, yeah, so what's luxury about this, actually? Unless you're like Zach Baggins, then he might be like, (laughs) well, he should have bought it then. Do you know who did buy it? Who? I'll tell you. I'll tell you later. All right. We'll come Um, back to it. Shop it. (laughs) So the story of Madame Madame, I don't, French is Madame, right? But we say Madame. Yeah. We'll just go. Madame Madame. Delphine Lullery might sound familiar to you, especially if you're an American Horror Story fan. Season three, The Coven, I think it's season three, basically writes out the entire story of the Lullery Mansion. And honestly, after like researching it, I think it's very well done. And it's played by um, shit, 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 shit. Blindside, the tutor, the tutor. I know who she is. Yeah. I can't think of her. It's, name, she's though. she's Madame Delphi. God, she's she's an amazing actress, and she did good. And like they really, everything that I researched on, they hit. So, anyway, is it haunted? What do you think, Taylor? Absolutely. Duh. Why would I be talking about it? <laughs> Even though the original mansion was burnt down, that does not mean all of the sinister stuff left the property. It's there, and it's fucking crazy. It's terrifying. So let's talk about it. But it's so good to talk about it. <laughs> In 1894, a tenant who lived in one of the apartments had went to a friend claiming that he was having problems with spirits in the house. His friend was like, dude, that's your imagination. That shit's not real. Until his friend, the tenant, was brutally murdered in his bedroom. When questioned by the police if he had any enemies, the tenant's friend said, you know, he was an all-around well-liked guy. Like, he he really didn't have many people going after him. And the police ruled his death as victim of robbery, but no evidence showed anything was missing of value. His friend then told police that this guy who lived in the apartment complex claimed that there was a demon in the house who wouldn't rest until he met his end. He told his friend that before he died. He's like, dude, someone's coming after me. They won't quit until I'm dead. Why not just move out, my, my guy? Oh, it's 1894. Oh, yeah. Where are you going to go, really? You know? <laughs> like, how hard is it? It's probably so hard. You probably have to literally pack your bags and live on the streets until you find a new apartment, right? I bet rent is also, like, three cents. Yeah, true. <laughs> Damn, that'd be nice. Well, there's also no running water or electricity, so. Um, most tenants in the apartments were immigrant dock workers in their families. The children in the building immediately started to hear unexplained moans, disembodied screams, dragging of chains, 
and scratching noises under their floorboards. Awful. A dock worker came home late one night, and while he was walking up the stairs, he found the stairs blocked by a large African-American bound in chains. That is the worst sight that I could ever imagine seeing. He screamed at the man to move, and when the apparition didn't budge, he used his hands to push the figure. And his hands passed right through the body. Oh, my God. The spirit then dissolved. By the next morning, the dock worker and his children had packed their bags and they have left. Me too. Me too. Me too. People who have spent the night have reported waking up to a woman with long hair staring at them as they slept. This same figure is reported by those passing by on the streets below, seeming to stare right through them as they walk by. And people have, like, gathered pictures of what they think this woman is or, like, that's Madame Delphine, you know. But it's hard to really trust pictures nowadays just with all the technology that we have. Touched up. Yeah. But anyway, many believe that this woman is the spirit of Delphine LaLaurie. When the mansion reopened a school for all girls, it was one of the few mixed schools in the city of New Orleans. But shortly after, because of politics and the time that it was, The school was changed to a strictly all-girls African-American primary school. If Delphine Lollary's spirit was still around, this would surely bring it out. Exactly. And it did. Within weeks of the school conversing to an African-American elementary school, reports of physical assault began pouring in by the girls. Children would come running to their teachers, tears pouring down their face. They'd roll their sleeves up to expose scratches and bruising. And the teachers would ask, Who did this to you? And the girls, every single one of them, would always say, that woman. Oh, that is so terrifying. So keep in mind that these girls were young, and it's really doubtful that they would know the history of their school. Like, I mean, really, why would their parents tell them about that? They wouldn't. I wouldn't tell them. Especially to be told about the mistreatment of girls their age and their race 100 years prior. I mean, if... If I was in this situation, I would just be so thankful that my kid was being given the opportunity to go to school and have an education. So then it's almost like, is that a small price to pay to have my daughter educated? Exactly. And they had no knowledge. I mean, I I really doubt that they had no knowledge of what happened in that house. But still, they all had the exact same answer. That woman, a.k.a. Madame Delphine LaLaurie. What a bitch. Can you just like go away? I know you're going to attack kids. Yeah, like you don't need blood on your face to stay young, honey. Just go. You're dead, though. Dead, though. The building is said to be cursed. One buyer of the building opened a haunted pub. He rented out the suite upstairs to an old man. Days after moving in, the old man mysteriously dies. Oh my god! And among him was ten thousand dollars in gold. This man's spirit is said to still be roaming the mansion in a quest to find his missing fortune. And the pub was forced to close for not paying taxes shortly after this man's death. First off, the man dies and I got $10,000 in gold and my pub's closing for not pay- paying taxes. I'd be like, oh, thanks. I'd be like, I, I, got the, I got it right here, man. Yeah. I, got the, I got the gold. I own it. You know, right? Like, it's right I, here. I don't really know what the issue is. I don't got to tell nobody about this shit. Um, one owner... Oh, sorry. The house has been sold person by person, all ending in deceased or decreased health, sanity, and wealth. One owner who was once healthy lived out the rest of his life after owning the mansion in an asylum. Another owner fell into a coma after a bar fight. 
died. Fun fact, this is what I was going to tell you earlier. Fun fact, not so fun fact. Nicolas Cage was among one of these owners. Of course he was. Of course he was. Of course he was. He purchased the property after Hurricane Katrina, and a few years later, he had lost the home in bankruptcy, which stripped him from all the possessions that he owned in New Orleans. Nicolas Cage was bankrupt. Well, we watch National Treasure like at least three times a year. Exactly. Like, that how, man's still making money off the movie. Like, what is going on? And, like, City of Angels. That's a great movie. I watch it all the time, actually. So, I don't know. But he he even had decreased wealth after owning this property. Currently, a Texas energy trader owns the mansion. He provides ghost tours most of the time. But he often brings his clients and friends to the mansion for entertainment. Not sure what kind of entertainment this man is looking for. Like, I really don't think you should be bringing your clients there because people are dying. People are going to insane asylums. People right. are getting in comas and people are going bankrupt. But by all means, I guess, I guess that's your source of entertainment. Go for it. Right. Whatever. Um, If you're ever in New Orleans, check out the LaLaurie Mansion or don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't not. know if I would because it's like a thousand percent haunted and... A thousand percent curse. Um, they currently do ghost tours through it's like ghostcitytours.com and it, it's a hot spot if you're in New Orleans and you're trying to do a ghost tour. They really focus in on the Lollary Mansion. Um, tour guides have reported like people tugging on their bags when no one's around them and hearing moans and chains rattling from upstairs. Basically, your your basic entity haunting, yeah, is what it is, but it has a very sadistic history. And that is all I have for The Curse of Lullery Mansion. I loved it. Yeah. I love a good haunting. They're my favorite. Yeah, 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 That's yeah, a yeah. good one. Thanks, thanks so much, Morgie, for doing thanks, that one. Thanks, thanks, thanks. I loved it. And if you guys don't watch American Horror Story, like, I don't want to be an ad for them, but also, like, season three Coven is really good. And if you really like this story, you want to know more about this sadistic, twisted woman, you got to check out that season. Yeah, you do. Because it's cool. It is a and there's some really good threads on Reddit. Like, there's this whole entire story. I could probably pull it up and read it, but it was really long, and I didn't want to waste 10 minutes of y'all's time with this woman's experience. But it's under the paranormal thread. Just search. Check it out. Just search it. Yeah, it'll pop Just up. Just search it. Anyway, that's all. I Add loved time. it, Maury. Great job. Thank you. Thank God. Time. Add time. The thing that I hate every morning is doing my mascara. I can live without foundation and lipstick. Thank you, Mask, for that. But when I don't have anything on my lashes, I look dead. The thing that makes my morning smoother and my routine faster is having my lash extensions done. Getting them done is no burden, as it is the true beauty sleep that when you wake up from your nap, you feel like a million bucks and hotter than Kim K herself. That's my girl. Lash extensions are new to Knoxville, but not new to the beauty world. Asia K Salon has been in business over eight plus years with nine plus advanced lash courses, allowing them to give you the ultimate best lash experience possible. And let me tell you, their lash beds are comfortable. If you mention our names and that you heard us talk about them on our most recent podcast, when you make your next appointment, you will receive 44% off. You can find them on Facebook and on Instagram at Asia K Salon and their website, asiakesalon.com. Happy lashing. All right, Taylor, what do you got for us today? It's my turn. So today I have the disappearance of Caitlin Akins. Ooh. Have you ever heard of this one? Nope. It's out of Virginia. Um, the first oh. time I heard about it was on Crime Junkies podcast, so they're my first source. And then we have 
Chilling Crimes, WUSA 9, CBS 19 News, Medium.com, Fredericksburg.com, The Charlie Project, Help Find Caitlin Akins on Facebook. <laughs> Porter Wine, it's okay. Um, Fox 5 DC, and of course, Reddit. Reddit. Our baby girl. Okay. So, Caitlin Akins was 19 years old, and she was from Carolina County, Virginia. She was, like, super edgy, always trying out new hairstyles, hair colors, and had tattoos and piercings. Like, when I say super edgy, I mean, like, alternative, punk rocker type of chick who was so, so smart. Caitlin actually graduated high school in 2012 at the age of 16. Holy shit. Right. Very smart. So five years prior to her graduating high school, Caitlin's lifelong neighbor and best friend Amber and her family packed up and moved to Arizona when the girls were only 12 years old. Don't worry, though. They talked every single day via text, call, Skype, Facebook, everything that you can think of. And as they got older, they found themselves having more of a romantic relationship than just a friendship. So after Caitlin graduated at 16, she worked and saved up all of her money so that when she turned 18, she can move out to Arizona to be with Amber. And this is exactly what she did. Just a few months later, Caitlin and Amber got engaged. Y'all. Everybody is so happy for this couple. In fact, Caitlin and her mom and her sister were so close and they were so happy for her. They spoke to her on the phone at least two to three times a day each. No. Right. So it's pretty obvious that Caitlin knew how to maintain long distance relationship with Amber. So her relationship with her family was just as important and no different. They talked constantly and they were thorough with all of their conversations. They knew exactly what was going on in her life at all times. Feel that. Right. So after being in Arizona for like a year, Caitlin decides that her next step in life will will be going to beauty school at the age of 19. Now, this is right up her alley because, as I mentioned before, she loved doing cool things to her hair and to her body, you know, just loving, like, the whole beauty side. Probably a makeup guru, too. Exactly. Like, she loved it. So, the only issue was is that they needed a copy of her high school diploma, which was all the way in Virginia. Well, you know how shit just, like, works out for people? Well, that's basically how the situation happens because Caitlin had already had a plane booked to go home to Virginia a few days after learning this news because her sister was having a little baby. Oh. I know, right? So on December 1st, 2015, Caitlin flew to Virginia. She spends the first through the third with her family and her new niece or nephew. I never could find exactly um, what she had. But on the fourth, she went to go hang out with some friends from high school. This night, she went over to the friend's house, and it was just her and two other people. It was a guy and a girl who were all – they were, like, three best friends in high school, but now the guy and the girl were dating. Okay. So they ate. They drank. They had a great time catching up. And because they were drinking, Caitlin decided that she was just going to stay the night. So Caitlin's mom was planning to pick her up the next morning pretty early because on December 5th, the next day – Um, Caitlin had a flight scheduled for 5.40 p.m. And Lisa, her mom, had to be at work by 10 a.m. So they wanted to be able to spend just like a few hours to, you know, catch up one last time, be with the new baby, be with her sister and her mom before saying goodbye. Right. So Lisa picked up Caitlin around 7 a.m. that morning and they got to say their their goodbyes. And then at 9.40 a.m., Lisa dropped Caitlin off at her ex-stepfather's house. So I know that sounds kind of weird. 
But James, the stepfather, was very close to Caitlin and her sister Gabby because he basically, like, helped raise them from the age of three. Right. He was really involved. Exactly. And so they were like, it's not more of, like, a dad relationship as much as, like, a cool uncle relationship. Okay. So James and Caitlin hung out for a few hours before leaving for the airport. And it was actually a 50-minute drive from James's house in Partlow, Virginia, to the Reagan National Airport in Arlington. So James had to be at work at 3 p.m. that day. So they decided to leave. They had to leave pretty early for a 540 flight. At 1.52 p.m., James texts Lisa, Caitlin's mom, and says, I dropped off Caitlin. She says, okay, thank you. How was traffic? He says, not too bad. And that was the end of the conversation. At 2 p.m., Caitlin texts Lisa and says, I'm at the airport. Battery is dying, so won't be able to text for a bit. Lisa responds, okay, let me know when you get on the plane. Well, about 15 to 20 minutes after Caitlin and Lisa have this conversation, Lisa gets a call from Amber, Caitlin's fiance. It turns out at 11.56 a.m., so about two hours earlier, Caitlin texted Amber and said, something came up, period. I'm not coming back today. I'll let you know when I get a new flight. Well, immediately after sending that text to Amber, Caitlin sends another text. So it's back-to-back text messages, and it says, I won't be able to text for a bit. Amber apparently tried to call Caitlin a few times, but she never answered. And as time went on, Amber and Amber thought more and more about it. This was not like Caitlin at all. Like the way know. the text messages was sent, like were sent, it just didn't feel First right. First off, something came up with your fiance. Yeah, no, no, you're like I'm calling your ass. Yeah, what do you mean something came up? Right, what's up? What's up? Yeah, and you're gonna answer. Yeah, you're not gonna tell me you can't text for a bit. So, like I said, Amber just didn't feel right about it all, and Lisa's like, you know, the messages that she sent me were kind of off as well. But, you know, she was like, I figured she was tired because she stayed up late the night before and we picked her up pretty early. And, you know, you're in an airport and like no one is 100% themselves in an airport. You know no, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's a whole entire different side of a human's personality. Absolutely. <laughs> is your airport personality. But obviously this phone call from Amber freaks Lisa out. So then she tries to call Caitlin a few times. She sends a few messages, but still no answer. So. I don't know, you know, if all this information came to light before or after the conversation with Amber because there's a few different accounts, but Lisa calls James to see exactly what happened after he dropped Caitlin off at, after she dropped Caitlin off at his place. And he tells her that Caitlin actually asked to be dropped off at the J.C. Penney's entrance at the Springfield Mall to kill some time before her flight. He gave her $20 because she planned on taking the metro just the two next two stops, which would go from the mall to the airport. This was really weird to Lisa because Caitlin had never, ever in her life taken the metro before. So why would she try to navigate it the first time when she has to catch a plane? Right. And on top of that, Caitlin had never been to that mall ever in her life. And Lisa didn't even know that mall existed. And that just like wasn't the plan, you know? Yeah. And her and Caitlin are super tight. So if there was a change in the plan, like she would have been like, she would have let Lisa know. So Lisa, Amber, Caitlin's sister, Gabby, and other family, family members are blowing Caitlin's phone up, just trying to figure out if she's okay, what's going on. And the texts were like, Hey, we're worried about you. Can you just let us know you're okay? And so on. But still nothing. 
It is radio silent until 7.15 p.m. Two hours after Caitlin's flight was set to take off, Caitlin texts Lisa and says, I'm staying with a friend. And then directly after sends another text message that says, I need some time alone. So immediately, red mommy flags go up, all right? Absolutely. Lisa is like, Caitlin does not text like this. Caitlin doesn't send multiple text messages at a time. Typically, she will only send one full thought. She isn't a multi-texter like me, you know? Yeah, same. You know, I'm like, hi, send. My send, name, send, is Taylor. And welcome to Creeps and Crimes Podcast. All in one single, you know, thing. And... She always used emojis or like facials or something like that, but never, it it was never just a dull text message with her. Right. Lisa calls Caitlin three times immediately after she receives the text messages from her. So then, no answer. Lisa sends three text messages that read, call me, send. I am very worried about you, send. Please call me, send. A few moments after this conversation with Lisa, Caitlin messages Amber on a completely different platform. Caitlin sent a Facebook message to Amber and she says, I can't come back, period. I cheated on you, period. This was crazy because one, it wasn't the way that Caitlin typed. Two, Facebook, Facebook. Two, they were not having any issues. Three, literally hours before Caitlin was literally telling Lisa and Gabby how excited she was to be back with Amber and saying that she missed her so much and she can't wait to see her. Four, Caitlin was being completely herself the entire time, up until the point that she was dropped off at James's house. Five, why would Caitlin not go back to Arizona at least to just get all of her shit that's there? Right. Like everything is there. So Lisa calls the airline and confirms that Caitlin did not check in, she did not go through security, and she did not get on the flight. Caitlin never went to the airport. And then Lisa calls James. Just one more time, just to clear things up. Caitlin never mentioned meaning anybody or anything. She said he said he she just wanted to kill time at the mall. From this moment on, Caitlin's phone was off and went straight to voicemail when called. On the morning of Sunday, December 6th, Lisa calls the police and tells them, and they tell her that there's basically nothing that they can do. She's 19 years old, and she had communication with the family expressing why she wasn't coming around. Yeah, but it wasn't her. But you can't prove that. I know. Yeah, I know. So on Monday morning, December 7th, it had been 48 hours after her disappearance, Lisa went to the police station and filed a formal missing persons report. Literally, while she was there filling out paperwork, the police receive a call that changes their entire mindset about this missing persons report that they could do nothing about. The police escort Lisa to an interview room where they tell her that they just received a report that Caitlin's luggage was found. Not at the airport, not at the mall, but in a ditch only two miles away from her hometown. Not the 50 miles away where she was last seen. Or where she was dropped off, right? Right. That's the last place that she was seen At was the mall. Um, outside the JCPenney's entrance. In the luggage, they found her toothbrush, her wallet with her ID and all of her banking cards, and her phone charger. It did not have any clothes in it. It had did not have her phone, and her high school diploma was missing. So did she run away? She took the essentials, except for the fact that she left her entire wallet. 
And her phone charger. Right. Why do you need your high school diploma? Right. No. The police were so worried at this point. They started a full investigation. News outlets are involved. Reports are sent out. People were brought in for interviews. And they even did a helicopter search using infrared to fly over the area where her luggage was found. The detective started with interviewing James. And his story stayed the exact same. He dropped her off at the mall and texted her mom to let her know that she was dropped off. Investigators then decided to request request the security footage from the mall. To help with the timeline, James offered a photo of his blue Jeep so that way they could ID his Jeep from the tapes. Literally within minutes from the time that they sent in this request, the case takes a sharp left turn. Police find the body of a young woman only five miles away from mm, where Caitlin's geez. luggage was found. The body was found in a car shot in the head. The woman was the same height and hair color of Caitlin and even looked to be the same age. They were convinced that they had found the remains of 19-year-old Caitlin Aikens. But they were wrong. The body they found was the remains of a 21-year-old woman named Heather Ciccone. Police were immediately able to determine that the two cases were not linked. It was later discovered that Heather had been shot on December 6th after a love triangle had had a falling out. But still, it was it was enough to kick police into overdrive. The detective on Caitlin's case was Detective Marshall. He decided to start over and re-interview all the people that Caitlin had contact with in the, her short trip to Virginia. He started with a couple that she spent Friday night with, the day before she disappeared. And their story changed a little bit. It turns out that they had gotten a little too drunk and they had a threesome that night. So it really was Caitlin that messaged Amber and no one else, no one else knew this except for the three of them. And now the police, obviously, or so they had hoped so. Mm -hmm. After this, the couple was completely cleared, but detectives decided to go through her Facebook messenger to see if there were any other messages sent from her account around the same time that she sent that message to Amber. This is when they find a conversation between Caitlin and her ex-friend, I'm sorry, her ex-boyfriend that is now her friend, where Caitlin says, I really need someone to talk to. And then after a little exchange, she decides to explain what happened the night before. And this is the quote from the messenger. Her boyfriend got me really, really drunk, and then he kissed me, and then she kissed me. Then we started playing a card game, and everything went back to normal. Later, we were watching a movie, and... I was sitting in, it says Anonymous's lap with Anonymous because there wasn't enough space on the couch for three. There, It was a really little couch. And then he started kissing me and touching me. And so was she. We all started like having sex, like together. And then I went to the bed and cried. I stayed the night. So then today it was super awkward between us all. But now we're okay. But I fucked up with an emoji. So it was her. After reassuring Caitlin that it was just a drunken mistake, Caitlin then says, I don't want to be here and I don't want to be there. Saying, I don't want to be in Virginia and I don't want to be in Arizona. With all this new information, police had no reason to believe that Caitlin had left the hometown. So they began observing her friends' homes, the local spots where she typically would go, 
However, there was no sign of her. At this point, two weeks had gone by and finally police were given access to her phone records. What they find is that her message that was sent at 2 p.m. to her mom talking about being at the airport wasn't sent from anywhere near the mall or the airport. It was sent only five miles away from her hometown. Around that same time, they obtained the mall security footage. And guess what they find? Absolutely nothing. James's Jeep was never there. James was never there. Meaning Caitlin was never really there. So they're like, hey, James, what's up, bud? You think that you could swing by and do a polygraph? And they're like, you know, we just we just need you to help us out. Does that sound good? Like we're getting it from everybody just to help, you know, eliminate some things and get our story, you know, nailed in. And also we got you, motherfucker. Yeah. But, you know, they're playing it cool. Right. He's like, absolutely not a problem at all. So they set the date for December 29th. Well, on December 28th, James calls in, calls Detective Marshall and says that he spoke with his lawyer and he will not be coming in to take the polygraph because they're looking at him as a suspect. And Detective Marshall is like, what? Like, no, we're not. Like, you literally have not been named a suspect in this. You're not even a person of interest. You're just the last person that was with her. Yeah. And he's like, we're not, you know, we're just trying to rule everybody out. Like, he's just explaining it to James. And James hangs up the phone. Police are like, red flag, red flag, red flag, because you literally just declared yourself a suspect in our case. So they pull his cell phone records. What they find is so disturbing that you're going to be in a deep dive on Reddit for the rest of the night. And I'm so sorry, everybody. When James texted Lisa at 1.52 p.m. that he had dropped Caitlin off, the text was sent from his home. And every single ounce of activity on his phone that day never left his house. And on top of it all, He never even showed up at work that day. So he never took her to the mall. How far away does he live? Five miles from hometown? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, he never showed up at work that night. He never showed up again to work. Like, for six months. What the fuck? Immediately, they requested a search warrant for James's house. They searched his house, 10 acres of land, all of his electronics, and even all of his cars. Despite their best efforts, they never found anything. And lastly, most disturbing of all to me, is what they realized after going through his phone records is that he never once even tried to contact Caitlin to make sure she was okay. Not even a phone call. James never spoke to anybody else about that day. And that is the case of Caitlin Michelle Aikens. What? No! (laughs) Oh, he did it. Caitlin was born on September 2nd, 1996, so now she'd be 24 years old. At the time of her disappearance, she had on a dark gray fleece pullover sweatshirt with a Bass Pro Shop emblem on it, black pants, and pink and white vans. She weighed about 122 pounds, and she was 5'4". She is a Caucasian female with blonde hair and blue eyes with tattoos of five butterflies on her left forearm that's blue and a tattoo of three red stars bursting on top of her right foot. She has a nose, navel, lower right lip, and a septum piercing with gauged earrings. If you know anything about the disappearance or her whereabouts, please contact Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Department at 540 
582-7115. Maybe he didn't do it. Maybe she went to him to be like, help me like become a new person and get out of town. He would tell police that instead of getting involved in a missing persons case. God. Because that's all he would have to say. In when, what year was this again? This was in 2015. Oh, Literally, shit. I think... Just a few months ago, they put up another billboard. Her parents raised enough money to put up another billboard. Oh, my God. Yep. I I hate unsolved cases. I know. Isn't that crazy? I have I'm been read it and already. read it all day. There's this awesome thread. Let me give you the exact name of the thread that you guys can hop on there because it is an awesome thread. It is um, posted by Bubba Joe Jones. Bubba Joe. And it was posted two years ago. Um, and the title of it is in 2015, 19 year old Caitlin Akins was to fly home from Virginia to Arizona to attend cosmetology school. Caitlin was to be dropped off at the airport by her former stepfather, but she never arrived there. Her mother and fiance received unusual and contradictory, contradictory texts on the day of her disappearance. Damn. Check it out. Read more about it. It's crazy. For sure. Yeah. So basically people think like either she planned to meet somebody at that mall because apparently she had had a um, an app on her phone that was for like texting and then letting it disappear. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm thinking it's 2015. You know, it's probably like Snapchat or something like that. Right. Um, but there were messages on there that they could never obtain because they disappeared. Yeah, but she never got to the mall. What do you mean? He was his car was never at the mall. No, I'm saying like there were text messages on there, so she could have been picked up from James's house for all we oh, know. Oh yeah, you're right. But you why know? would he lie? Why would he lie about it? Maybe he was covering her ass, or maybe you know he didn't take her to. I know he didn't take her to the mall. But anyways, um, they searched everything, couldn't find anything to to say that there was foul play. Nothing in his cars, nothing on his ten acres, nothing. That's insane. Yeah. So Damn maybe it. she got out and just walked. You know, yeah. like. Who knows? Shit. I know. It's crazy. What was that? I think my foot slipped. There it is. Oh, okay. That's my I foot it was slipping. a gunshot. No. All right. Um, that, it was a good story. You know I hate unsolved because I, I just want to know what happened. I want to know who did it. I want to know what, but it was good. It was good. You want to go to TFUs? Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, cool. yeah. If you guys aren't staying for TFUs, thank you so much for listening, and thank we will you. see you guys next week. Yeah, bye-bye. Yo, 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 and welcome back to TF. You totally fucked up, and we did that. Today. And we did that. We've really been doing that all week. Yeah. Um, yeah. We. I don't even know where to start. Where do we start? Um. So we planned on recording on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. As we well, actually, you know, we always plan on recording on Monday. Yeah. That was immediately pushed immediately. off the table. Okay. And then Tuesday was Logan's party, mm-hmm. so it couldn't happen. Yeah. Not. Not a shot. And then Tuesday night, we were like, oh, my God, tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo. We need to go get margaritas. And I'm like, no, Taylor, we have to record. And she's like, it, and it was it was a decided decision. But I was like, dude, we have to record tomorrow. And she's like, oh, shit, I forgot. She was like, well, stay tuned, everyone. Yeah. And then all Wednesday morning, she was like, what do we do? Do we, do yes. we record or do we go We texted drinks? back and forth forever. And I was like, I don't know what you decided. She was like, I don't want anyone to be mad at us. So whatever. We decided to go out for Cinco de Mayo. But then got shot down. It was not a good situation. It was not good. We got shot down because... There I mean, how many restaurants did we go to? Because the population of Knoxville has five gazillion people and only 40 restaurants. So. Exactly. 
it always screws us up. Um, so yeah, we didn't get to record last night, which is why we're recording today. But guess what? It's still out on Thursday, so suck it. Right. Well, we did our best. And then also, guys, the funniest story about us going out was literally Logan was on a different level. No, you don't get in between Logan and Mexican food. And Mexican you food. You can't do you it. You do not, do not fuck with it. Do not. No, it is. No. It's very, very intense. It's a very intense love that only very few people know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not good. No, it's not. So he was not having it. Every place we went to, two hours. So I'm like, hey, I call this place. They said 30 minutes, first come, first serve. He gets her. They get there before me. And what does he say? <laughs> so we, we send Nikki in and she's like, you know, she goes in and there's like a line out the door. It, it, it's packed. It was like, like it lo- literally COVID looked like scary. they had an event going yeah, on Yeah, it was outside. insane. There was a live band outside. So we send Nikki in and Nikki goes in. She comes back out and she like takes her mask off and she just like shakes her head as she walks back to the car. And she looks over at me and she mouths. Three hours. I'm like, oh my god. Logan sees it over my shoulder. Logan texts in the group message. I'm gonna kill you. We're going to Taco Bell. We're not going anywhere else. I'm done. I'm not doing this. Blah blah blah. So we're like, okay, whatever. We we try to call other places. Well, there's a Mexican restaurant right beside my house. Mm -hmm. So we call them, and they're like. 30 oh, minutes. 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes. And so we're like, perfect. So Logan's like, no, we're not trusting them. Let's pull up. So Logan gets there. Logan runs in and literally you can walk through the woods to get back to my house. It's not even woods. It's like a retaining wall, basically. And Logan's like, just go back to the house and wait for me there. And so we text everybody and we're like, just come over to my house. We can drink margaritas and wait. Well, <laughs> Logan comes running back across the yard. He's like, they said it's 30 minutes, but I know that's a lie because there was a party of six, a party of eight, and a party of 14 in front of me, and she told us all 30 minutes. And I was like, yeah, no, two hours. But I put my name down I put my name down anyways just so I can time them, and when they call me, I'm going to tell them that that was bullshit. And so I'm like, okay, I text everybody. I'm like, fuck it. Go home. Go to talk. At this point, when they're checking in on this restaurant, me and Aaron are sitting in the Taco Bell parking lot waiting to hear what's going on. <laughs> so we ended up getting Taco Bell. Anyway, it was a failure. Our Wednesday plan was a failure. We could have, re- we should have recorded. We should have recorded yesterday. That's what we get. But we had high hopes of getting margarita drunk. We did. We did. It was a good time. And then while we were recording today. Oh, yes. <laughs> Nikki gets in the shower. She comes out and she's like, what is that? And we're like, what? And Taylor's like, oh, I see it too. There's a cop that pulled in next door with his lights off. Here, you saw the beginning of the story. So we're, Nikki's looking outside the window and my back's to the window. So Nikki's like, what is that? And I turn around and I see a light go off and someone walk in the front of the um, house beside us. And about that time, there's these headlights that turn onto our street. As they get closer, they turn off. Next thing we know, it's a cop car. It pulls up and it pulls into the house that we just saw this person walk across the front room in. And so we're like, turn off the lights. We turn off the lights. We all get on the ground. We open up the windows and we're listening. Okay, you want me to go? Uh, yeah, what's right. next? So we turn off the lights and we're we, you know, we're shit. listening. And this guy, this cop gets out and he's like got his flashlight and he's, you know, he's got his hand on his hip and he's walking around the side of the house, shining his flashlight in. And we're just sitting below the windows being with it cracked. so fucking nosy. We're being so nosy. And we're listening to see if, you know, we can hear anything. But we literally just saw someone walk in front of this window. Right. So we know someone's in that house. 
And we're just listening and seeing what the cop does. About that time, Logan opens the front door and walks out the front door. Taylor goes running after him. Logan! Logan! Get back in here! The cop has his gun drawn! Logan! Logan, you get inside right now. He's like, what? Like, There's a cop oh, car? He's, there's cops outside. He's totally hearing all of this. Like, yeah. They blew his investigation if he even had one going into the house. <laughs> and Logan's just like walking down. I'm like, where are you even going? He's like, I gotta go to the gas station. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Say it what, Logan? What are you getting from the gas station? <laughs> oh my God, we're on record. And thank you for that. Thank you We blurted it out. Yep. We blurted out. We knew what he was getting. We didn't think he'd yell at it. <laughs> Psycho. So, um, yeah, sorry we suck. Sorry we're nosy. Uh, but thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. Honestly, like, there are so many people that were like, why isn't the episode out? That made me so happy. <laughs> I know, but also, like, kind of felt bad a little. I did, too. We even got tagged in a fa- I mean, an Instagram picture. I was like, okay, damn. Oh, damn. Sorry, we're genius. <laughs> we're just idiots, okay? All right, guys, I think that's all that we have for you. So if you're driving, slow the fuck down if you're drinking don't fucking drive and And remember remember, this is totally totally fucked up. up